0: This podcast is listener-supported. To help us out, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash redbullrant. The following podcast may contain language not suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the Red Bull Ram Podcast, the official Red Bull podcast of SB Nation and what's a Metro. I'm your host, Jason Iapico.
1: I'm Pat McDonald, and this is episode 144. Game over, man. Game over.
0: Uh, that that game was just just baby town frolics.
1: Just... It, was not, it was not
0: something to be proud of. That's for sure. No, it's no. definitely not something to be proud of. Um. <laughs> So, first you'll notice know, Truman's not here. Uh, he couldn't make make it to record time show, so um just want to get that out there Somebody else. Anyway, 2 nothing loss at home on Sunday night to the Philadelphia Union on Memorial Day weekend when they had a bunch of servicemen and women in the stands, had the big flag, and then the team did jack shit.
1: Which pretty much proves the Rebels hate America. <laughs> Rebel out. Uh, I
0: guess. I mean, I mean, for what it's worth, they weren't shit until the second half after we showed a bunch of uh servicemen on screen yeah <laughs> um I, I will say sitting in those stands was not fun I can imagine um, th- there was a guy who slid into uh one o one at the beginning of the second half with an American flag around his head and uh took it off and started waving it and I didn't realize at the time, but it was so it, it was so appropriate that he was holding it upside down,
1: oh jeez. <laughs> you know, I saw a Navy guy on TV in the in in the sports section. I wonder if you would saw that, how he would react. <laughs> I,
0: I I saw him too. Um, he he was like, I think on the other side of 101, so he probably didn't see it. All Actually, right. I, I have a picture on my phone for what its worth, but Ooh. um, I, I I had to like tap on the shoulder, like, hey, you, you know, you have it upside down. Yeah,
1: so, you should you should show it to the audience right now.
0: If this was an uh, video podcast, maybe, but
1: nah, damn it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Technology full us again. Yeah. Um, so, let's uh, get into this one with our dislikes. And, uh, Pat, you can go first. I I, I have some... I, I'm going to go off of this team, but I want to see where you go
1: first. Go for it. Uh, yeah, I, just like, where do you start? I mean, it, it really was a travesty of a game. Um, you know, I think... For all the flaws, you have to go with finishing because the Red Bulls had their chances. They really did. They had their chances to put this game away early, the other ways put this game away often, but they did not finish. So you have to go with your dislike would be finishing. Uh, you know, look, Bradley Ray Phillips is gonna score double digits goals this year. He's clearly not getting quite the service. That he did with uh, Henri, but I think what we're seeing now is that strike percentage that of all those great chances fed to him by Henri, uh, now that he's not getting them as often, he is missing more, you know, or he's not capitalizing the most crucial moments like he used to. So I think that has to be your big dislike, that has to be your big worry right now about this team is that, uh, you know, that that creativity is not quite there like it was last year. And uh you kind of almost have to hope it, hope that uh the rebels will rectify it in the uh off, in the summer transfer window. I actually tweeted out right after that game, you know give Kevin Prince Botang whatever he wants. you know he's a uh he certainly played as a box to box as an attacking midfielder uh, he could make a tremendous difference. He's young he's somebody he could get for a good four to five years. Uh, apparently, we already retired from his national team. So, what the hell does he have to play for in Europe anymore? Uh, so, you know, that, that this is clearly a side note, but um, that—that's, I think, is what the rebels need. They need somebody who's going to create those chances like Andre did, uh, because unfortunately, BWP strike rate is not exactly where you would like it. So, um, that's my big—my big dislike is the lack of finishing by the rebels.
0: That kind of feeds into what I was going to say. And personnel issues aside, I, I think it comes down to uh, three things: tactics, tactics, and tactics. Mm-hmm. Right? Right? Phillips last year was put in front of goal, and, he, and basically they told him, "You stay within a certain area of goal. We'll get you the ball, and then you put it away." This year, he's being expected to be more of a playmaker. At the beginning of the year, it worked. We, you know, we saw like Lloyd Sam's goal against DC. Where Wright Phillips has run out the ball and passes and lays it off, but in the past few games, except for, minus the New York City game, because that one he you know he got his two goals and run a play, but for the most part in the last month or so he has not been getting those chances, and that that comes out to what you say, like he you know he is getting chances, but not in the positions that he was last year. Um, if you look at Look at a bunch of, of how he's running. He's running behind the midfield. He's the striker. He's supposed to be up top in this formation. Yeah, he's running behind Sasha question and Lloyd Sand and Mike Rella. How does your striker run behind the midfield on a, on a you know four on three breakaway or whatever you want to call it? Like your striker should be up top pushing the defensive line, and he's not doing that right now. Uh, you know he can come back every once in a while and distribute, but if you don't use your striker as a striker, then what's the fucking point? It, it just it affects the chances. That's what it comes down to. Uh,
1: I mean, huge thing when it comes to tactics. I, I I think by and large this high press offense is the way to go, and I think by and large it has worked. Uh, I, you know, I, I I believe this game to be more an aberration than the rule. Um, you know, it, it's just my curiosity about your theory personally is just you know, and I'm not trying to destroy you or anything like that is. What's the alternative? I mean, this high press has worked, and I think with the proper creativity, and I think over the long haul, for that matter, it will work. Uh, I mean, what's the alternative?
0: Uh, I don't know if there is an alternative. And like I said, personal issues aside, like that's, and, and this game probably is an aberration, but in general, in the last you know month or so, Wright Phillips has not been in the chances that he has been, and. I mean, don't get me wrong, It has these tactics have worked early in the season, so it could be that teams are adjusting better and that the Red Bulls need to learn to make adjustments because they did not change their style of play at all in that game. Um, the Union came out in what Jesse Marsh called survival mode? No, they didn't. Uh, you can say all you want, Jesse, but the, un- the Union came out in a we are going to sit back, let you pressure, and then we're going to try to hit you on a counterattack.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And,
0: and that's not survival mode. That's a tactic. The Red Bull, the teams have been using it against the Red Bulls for a few weeks now. NYCFC tried it; they they failed except for one goal. Um, Dallas, I think th- Dallas is probably one of the ones that didn't do it. New York, uh, New England didn't do it, but they had their own high pressure. Um, you know, a lot of teams have been doing that since the first. And and probably part of the reason that it hurt the team was with the two you know bye weeks in the first few weeks of the season is that teams have been able to study the game film and look at it and say, hey, we, all we do is sit back and let them do this. And part of it comes down to personnel. Mike Grella isn't, for all the hard work he does and the flashes of brilliance he has, MG, he is not a starting left wing in MLS. Nah. He, he is a bench player. Uh, Lloyd Sam is not out, out on the wing like he is, where he's most effective. Uh, Mike Phillips isn't up top where he's most effective. Sasha Kleschen probably needs to be flipped with Felipe Martin's 'cause Martin's already comes up too far and leaves the defense in holes. Um Kamar Lawrence is going to be gone for a while after his injury. So is Roy Miller. He'll probably be gone with Costa Rica. we're we a but we are very thin depth wise if you look at it in reality. And play you know playing the tactics has worked, but once this team starts getting into the reserves, um, like you saw against New England, uh, they're going to have problems. And we're even seeing problems with the starters. So there's a, there's a lot that needs to be changed. And I'm not saying it needs to be wholesale changes at this point. I'm not saying that at all. But um, I, I think Jesse, and this is one of the biggest problems, he needs to learn to make adjustments mid-game. Uh, he, he did it with, I guess, New York City when we went down a man, but uh, most of all this season we haven't generally changed tactics when they haven't been working, and that's kind of a problem.
1: You know what? I, I still believe in Jesse. I do. And I still believe he actually, by and large, does make those proper adjustments. Here's, here's the thing. This is MLS. This is the product of parity. Depth is not always, you know, when you have depth at some positions, you don't have it at others. And right now, unfortunately, it's hitting us at the worst possible positions at the moment. Um, you know, for the fact of the matter, I mean, we can, you can complain all we want about depth, but the we had depth at left back. We did. And then Kamar Lawrence went down, and William Miller stayed in the, in, uh, in the game. I personally don't know why Damian Parnell wasn't subbed in as opposed to, uh, you know, uh, as opposed to Connor Laid. But uh, that's just – this is MLS. This is the nature of a salary cap league. Uh, these things are going to happen. This game is going to happen. I mean, come on. Dallas just lost to Portland, who's been struggling all season. Earlier this season, they lost to Colorado. They're still one of the top teams in the league. We're going to run into these cases. Uh, Jesse Marsh, I'm still a firm believer. I think he's better than at adjusting than uh, Mike Pecky ever was, unfortunately. Uh, you know, I, I say unfortunately just simply because it's not a popular opinion. Um, I, I think the doom and gloom really here is that, unfortunately, we're following up this shitty loss. With a hard road game to Seattle. If that, that wasn't on the schedule, I think there'd be a little bit more optimism. And Let's not forget, people, this is the second loss of the season. This is only We're just about to cross in June. We're averaging one loss a month. Hey, I'll take that. You know, I, I really will.
0: Alright, so Parnell was not in the lineup at all, by the
1: way, so he couldn't be used to the sub. Well, that's some bullshit. Alright, there you go. I'm against Rebel.
0: He he picked up... He had a knock and it Flared up, I guess, before game time because it was like a, a last-minute change to lineup. Um, but you know, they lost the Union, which is one of the worst teams in the league. And I, I understand what you're saying with Dallas, but um, it's just you know, it's just frustrating. Here's yeah, no, wait, but here but here's something here's it. something that and uh, is it's very possible it's just just how the season was going so far and it might change. But let's look at every single game we've played. We've had four wins in which we've never trailed. We've had seven games which were two losses and five draws, in which we never led. That's not a good thing. That's it's it's it's, it's the Rangers in the postseason where if they don't score first, they don't win. <laughs> like it's just it like but this is, it's, I, it's but it's it's a bad trend to again, that you with the first it, hole
1: and that's this, the case. This, this is MLS. Let's not forget the season a couple of years ago. Where the LA Galaxy looked like the worst team in the league for like three months and then they won the MLS Cup. Let's not forget last year when what? New England won on a 14 game on, on, where they, streak where they did not win and then they played in the MLS Cup. I mean, th- this is unfortunately the cre- I think we kind of look at this league through the prism of European fans or fans outside this league, but we can't. This is a salary-cap league. This happens. It happens in every salary-cap sport in this country where one day the best team in the league can lose to the worst. It's just what happens. And, hey, let's not forget, Philly beat D.C. right before us, a team that's above us. So Philly very well could be – I mean, I don't necessarily believe it, but they very well could be just started slow, and they're about to hit their stride. They finally figured it out. I mean – Look, this this happens.
0: I don't know. I mean, they just lost another goalkeeper because they, they their loaned goalkeeper from NASL, by the way, had to go back because the NASL, NASL team had too many injuries.
1: Yeah, you know, at this point, oh. I mean, come on, they they could let me start goalkeeper, and then it seems like doesn't well, do whatever they got to do. Yeah.
0: All right, let's uh, let's move on to doom and gloom. Let's see if we can find anything positive from this one. Uh, so, do you have any likes for this game?
1: Uh, <laughs> I like that it's over. You know I like this <laughs> it's the history, now we can just move forward uh yeah, no, I mean uh, yeah it's it's really tough for everything I you know for all my positivity, which I don't let's not forget that I brought out against uh last time we got Shivas, and uh we ended up winning supporter shield, so let's all forget that I may know a thing or two, so uh ah, what to like in the I guess the like is simply that we got another game coming up and there's another chance for points. That's really it. I mean, they, they, you know, for all the doom and gloom, yeah, there there's really not much to like about this match.
0: My like is from before the match started. Uh, I was actually at this match because I was up in New Jersey for Memorial Day weekend. Um, and I went to Buena Braza, the new uh, pregame bar for uh, Empire Supporters Club. And I ordered uh, Chicken Parm for like lunch. Ooh. My god, did they give you a lot of food? There oh. was three pieces good. three pieces of chicken and a good a very good portion of spaghetti as a side. That was my dinner for the night also. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: I, I will simply say that uh you know, Buena Brasa, I've been aware of for a while, so good lord, their food is good. If you if you have the chance to get the Radizio, uh you will be a happy camper.
0: They apparently have like a twelve dollar meat plate, which I didn't know about till after I uh,
1: tremendous. So that's,
0: I might have to try that next time I'm
1: there. Definitely. Definitely.
0: Alright. Uh predictions from this one. Uh only two people got it right. Well actually that one person got it right, and that was uh Shadow Grayson. The other thing to get it right was Let's Play FIFA. Who? He he the right for my site.
1: Hey, fuck this guy. I never even heard of him. <laughs> he's predicting the rebel's are gonna lose.
0: He predicted, uh, let's see, a 3-2 loss.
1: Ah. Oh, Get him off the show.
0: And then Let's Play FIFA was a 2-1 loss.
1: Uh, let's, let's, let's... It's a fuck, video game. Fuck the human. The human's the one who sucks. It actually predicted a loss. Well,
0: actually, it was two humans.
1: He's a rebel he, outer, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's probably a rebel louder and a nine-eleven truther. Just all in one. <laughs> Just an all-around terrible person. <laughs>
0: Well, it's two people that play Let's Play FIFA now, so...
1: Ugh.
0: Blame the guy from who played the Union and scored two goals, and blame the guy for the Red Bulls who only scored one.
1: Yeah. Awful.
0: <laughs> so, prediction... Uh, standing-wise, nothing's changed, so... There you go. There you go. Um, so that's all we have for the first segment. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll have on, from com. Aaron Bauer. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Red Bull rant uh we want to welcome on to the show today from uh what's a Metro he helps us cover uh New York Red Bulls to the u s l team and he also writes for around the rains a uh, website covering uh the Olympics Mr. Aaron Bauer Aaron welcome back to the show
2: Glad to be back
0: so the the big reason we're having you on and uh you know everybody kind of knows that what's the basics of what went down yeah but so on on Wednesday. uh the U.S. Department of Justice had a like a forty-minute press conference. Uh, they coordinated some arrests with uh, Switzerland. Uh, yes. Had some arrests in the United States. I think um, it was Jack Warner or, or Webb or one of them got a, uh, turned himself in.
2: Uh, Jack Warner turned himself in in Trinidad and yeah. Tobago, where he's from.
0: So, so there, there's a lot of stuff going down around uh, <laughs> FIFA, but it, it, it seems to be more focused on CONCACAF and uh, Condable, but. Um, for our listeners, I, I know this is going to be kind of hard to do, I guess, but give us a basic rundown of what went on with the uh, the arrests.
2: Yeah, so the big thing with – is there's two investigations. So the one I'm going to focus on right now is the United States investigation, which is what everyone was – the indictments were for yesterday. So essentially there were 14 indictments handed down by the um, United States Department of Justice on nine FIFA officials – and five, um, I guess they're sports marketing officials. So essentially, what happened is the United States Department of Justice has been looking into CONCACAF and CONMEBOL, Tommy um, They said since like 1991 um, for rampant corruption within the bodies. So essentially, what happens is there, FIFA is the world governing body of sport, and underneath it they have confederations, so continental associations. So CONCACAF is North America, Latin America, and the Caribbean, and CONMEBOL is South America. So they're just two of the, um, I believe, six um, Continental Confederations. And then, so what those do is, you know, as you guys, as we know, these bodies organize um, like tournaments. So for CONCACAF, it's the Gold Cup, and for CONMEBOL, it's the Pope of America. So the crimes that they were charged for is a lot of racketeering and fraud and corruption. So what essentially happens is while these confederations are organizing these regional tournaments, essentially, they would hire sports marketing firms to sell rights for these tournaments, such as like TV rights, sponsorship rights, you know, all these things, where, where all the money is made, essentially. So... What happened was these sports marketing firms would provide kickbacks and bribes to both officials in CONCACAF and CONMEBOL to, one, keep them as the sports marketing firm in charge of everything, and, two, secure contracts that were more favorable to the sports marketing firms. Um, So, basically, the money was making more money. So, money would be passed from sports marketing firms to CONCACAF and CONMEBOL officials And that way, the sports marketing firms were getting the money from the sponsorships and the television rights in the way that they wanted to, because they would be selling them for two or three tournaments at a time. So one of the major other parts of the scandal was that it it found out through this bracket of the sports marketing firm and the confederations is that there were votes actually bought off for the 2010 World Cup to ensure that it was in South Africa, so that favorable contracts would be given to these firms working there versus any of the other bids for that um, World Cup. So essentially the way the U.S. Department of Justice had just very basically had authority to do this is CONCACAF is based in the United States. It used to be based in New York City and then it moved down to Miami. Um, And these contracts use U.S. Bank and the U.S. Financial Institution. So the money being moved from the U S to other offshore locations to launder it and things like that. But by using any part of the U S financial system, we now have jurisdiction over it. Um, It turns out that Chuck blazer, everyone's favorite U S soccer official um, had pled guilty to a lot of these charges as early as 2013 and had been working with the FBI who was working with the department of justice on this. So essentially, um, after the 2011 FIFA corruption scandal, the FBI got the guy that they needed to get the hard information to finally, after 24 years, um, be able to charge these guys and unseal some indictment. And fortuitously, it happened two days before the FIFA Congress. So that's where we're at.
1: So considering all this information, I mean, let's let's kind of dumb it down a little. Uh Big, so what? I mean, isn't this capitalism? Doesn't the business go to the highest bidder, or what's the difference here? Because there I have read stuff where um, in Europe or in other areas of the of the world, that's a, they view this not at all dissimilar from a, a business bidding for uh, you know a contract in a legitimate fashion.
2: So essentially, the difference between having a free and fair open market and what was happening here is these sports marketing firms were paying off officials to go for contracts that they viewed as more favorable. So it wasn't a level playing field. Not anyone could come in and say that, you know, oh, hey, I want to bid for these rights. I'm just going to throw you a lot of money. That didn't matter. There was already a preordained winner despite a bidding process in some cases. Not for everyone. So, this doesn't have to do with the World Cup rights. You know, for example, Fox um, outbid ESPN for the World Cup in 2018, 2022, and then got 2026. That doesn't have to do with this racket, for example. So it's not just capitalism. Everything is kind of manipulated and it's not, it's not just TV rights. You know, there's national federations having um, contracts with certain sportswear, you know, um, but once us based sportswear company was um, um, mentioned in this investigation for working with Brazil for bribery and corruption in that way and influencing the national team. So it's not just a free and open market. It's, a controlled manipulation so that money makes more money.
0: Uh, now you mentioned uh, kind of an unnamed company, and I'm not going to ask you to speculate on them. But uh, were there any uh, big names thrown around in terms of sports marketing agencies or or people? And I, I know we talked about um, uh, Chuck Blazer, but is what are the other big names that people should kind of know about uh, going forward?
2: Um, I think the biggest sports marketing one was um, um, an agency called Traffic Sports which is based in Brazil but has an office in the United States. Um, So the head of traffic sports in Brazil actually was one of the people that pled guilty, and the CEO of Traffic US was indicted in this. And he had a big influence in the uh, North American Soccer League, but they're quickly distancing themselves from everything, so we don't know how much he's involved. But traffic essentially would work with CONCACAF and secured rights for a lot of the Gold Cup, I believe. So, you know, that's the big name there. And a, a lot of the officials, the biggest one to be indicted was Jeffrey Webb, the president of CONCACAF. Um, he was seen as the anti-Jack Warner. He was seen as the reformist candidate, but it turns out maybe not. So we'll see where this goes.
1: Now, how much of a blow is that for CONCACAF? In, in many ways, well, football that you know, the reformist, you know, candidate for Connecticut actually turns out to still be swept up in this corruption. I mean, what hope
2: can fans really have of seeing the sport cleaned up? You know, I mean, that's that's a tricky question. Um, I think you can't, I can't really comment on, you know, whether, like, my personal views on Jeffrey Webb, on whether or not he was doing things, and whether or not we can lose institutional, lose all institutional faith in Connecticut. Because they said the Gold Cup is still going to get played. And, you know, at the end of the day, there are people ready and willing to take charge. pac has already appointed a new president. You know, it it seems that this is a institutional problem across FIFA, and it's going to take some time to clean up. And the only recent example I can give is the, like, around 1999, the IOC was embroiled in a corruption scandal when it was found out that the Salt Lake City actually may have used some tactics to sway voters that were not seen nope. as... Nope. we're completely... not corrupt America. Nope. <laughs> um, and that was a huge blow, and there were talks at the time about moving those Olympics, and then Mitt Romney stepped in and, you know, right in the ship on those Olympics, and they turned out to be great, and they've done great things for um, Salt Lake City and that region, and the IOC has emerged stronger from it. So it, it's going to come down to this probably won't be the only thing to happen. There will probably be more issues, and, you know, the only thing you can hope for is in the future the right people get in charge and that people are willingness to clean this up. Um, corruption is very hard to weed out because, obviously, you know, receiving kickbacks for your job is always a perk that is going to entice some people. But, you know, at some point you have to throw your hands up and say, I have to ask, some faith in the institution. And we'll see what happens with FIFA. It's so early for this to happen. Who knows what ends up happening as the final punishment for these people. And then remember earlier I mentioned there was a Swiss investigation that was tipped off by FIFA. They reported themselves to Swiss authorities to look into the bidding for the 2018 and 2022 World Cup. So we'll have to see where that goes. And, you know, at the end of the day, reforms are going to be made. They're going to change their statutes and bylaws. That is a given. But what effect they'll have, who knows. And it's almost impossible to rid sports of any sort of corruption. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, I would I would like to think as a soccer fan that things get better. You know, this seems to be as low as the body can get, which means it can only go up. But we'll see.
0: Um <clears throat> I was actually going to ask about 2018 and 2022, so I guess that kind of answers the question. Um, let's make this the last question on FIFA, and then we'll... Um, apparently not the last question on FIFA. But, uh,
1: Go for it, yeah. Go for it and see what happens. So
0: <laughs> uh, I imagine that this is not going to be the end. You know, there's always going to be someone that's higher up the chain that gets routed out on. So, um, But the you, you, at the very beginning, we talked about the timing of this with the FIFA Congress... And uh, the presidential vote for FIFA is supposed to take place on Friday. Um, I I think there have been some calls for it. Is there any indication that uh, the election is going to be pushed back because of these arrests? I doubt that.
2: (laughs) I I highly doubt the election will be pulled back. Um, All reports right now are people are in vote-gathering mode. Everyone is prepared for this election to go, and, you know... What will happen with the election, I don't want to speculate at all because it's so fluid right now. Um, The election will not take place for another 12-plus hours. That is a lot of time for things to happen in politics. So it's going to go on. I Personally, I believe it has to go on because the worst thing the body can do is create institutional panic. And if you don't hold an election, that creates institutional speculation, which can lead to institutional panic.
1: So... You, know, you you mentioned just briefly that you think that this uh, investigation will uh, bring about great change in the in FIFA organization. Do you think that's possible, though, without uh, the corporate sponsors? Uh, you know, revoking their sponsorship of FIFA. Uh, you know, Visa is the only one that really even came out with a strong wording against uh, the World Cup that they may revoke their
2: sponsorship. Um well I mean I am just first off I'm hoping that there's change coming. I don't know what will happen. But uh yes I think it can happen without the sponsors pulling out. Um because I think that's what happened with the IOC. Um most of their top sponsors the ones that pay now upwards it wasn't this back then but they pay upwards of 100 million dollars to the Olympic rings on their merchandise for 4 years, you know. Like they kept their money there and they kept faith in the organization. Do I think in this instance Without the sponsors, um, change would come quicker. Uh, Of course, as soon as you remove the money, anything can happen. Everything is a total wild card. But, you know, I I don't know if the sponsors will do it because I don't know how it will look for them. Um, People speculate on right now Visa ditching Visa as a sponsor um, being the best thing for them. And it might be. I'm not like a marketing expert, but at the same time, you know, the activation you get from being a sponsor on every FIFA event is huge. Mm -hmm. So to act as the realist for a quick second, Visa came out with the strongest worded one against FIFA. It's still unclear if they do anything. So I, I would just say that speculating, I guess, as a football fan, I would hope that it doesn't come to that because I think that change is not as organic, but there have been other bodies in the past where Sponsors not pulling out has a real change.
0: All right, um, let's move on from uh, FIFA. Um, for once, in Metro, you also cover um, New York Rebels too. You know, the the USL side that started up this year, um, yeah. And, and you've been providing updates for our show uh, since that started. Um, so, in, in your thoughts, how is the experiment going so far th- through the first few months of the, uh, the the first season? Um, I think it's been a mixed
2: bag. Um, I think. The the team itself, the biggest beneficiary of the team is um, MLS players that can't crack the 18 that have gotten match experience in USL. And I think um, academy player Derek Etienne has shown to be a stud and just really broken out and really doing very well at a USL level for being 18 and not a professional yet. But, you know, guys like Anatole Bang, he scored four goals in five matches. Uh, Sean Davis has used his USL performances to break into the Red Bulls, started a match, has come on, like, in the last 20 minutes of games and has looked well. Leo Stoll is still improving. um, But, you know, guys like Manolo Sanchez and Sean McClaws are getting on radars. And, you know, who knows what will happen with the squad when the Gold Cup happens. So having guys like that come in, you know, and get regular match performance and can probably do like make an impact for the Red Bulls this year is huge. Um, where the experiment has kind of fallen, I I really haven't seen much of the USL contracts. Um, I don't know if any of them would make the Red Bulls roster this year at any point if we needed to sign someone. Um, Colin Heffern looked good, but he got hurt. That happens in life. But, you know, I mean – you you try and cast as wide a net as you can, and you get lucky if you sign one or, one of these guys. So overall, I think it's working. Um, you know, they're playing the same type of system that Jesse Marsh does. Um, the institutional hierarchy is really flowing. Like you can see the flow, hopefully, from the academy to the Red Bull in the next two years. You know, it's not going to be until someone like Tyler Adams is eighteen or nineteen or even 20 and can step on left side that we're going to really see how this team is, is working, you know, in one year, the best thing is that MLS caliber players, you're getting match experience and getting into MLS games where you didn't expect them to.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, you know, a player like Carl Wimett kind of demonstrates that cause, uh, he doesn't start during the year and then, um, Zubar hurt Great and, example. and, uh, I can't remember the guy's name right now. Um uh, goes down. Uh, I, I was thinking Miazga because when he we, he went down or he got a uh, the red card in the NYCFC match and then he's off to the USU twenties and We Met steps in and doesn't seem to miss a beat. I think it just kind of proves the point that uh there is benefit to having at least for this year the MLS players being able to play. Um But let, let's kind of move away from the players. Um You know, most of the games so far have already been played at Red Bull Arena. Uh They're looking to move towards. Uh, Columbia, and you actually had a piece out this week about the uh, of the, the new stadium partnership deal that they have with the architecture firm uh, HOK. The USL has is HOK. Um, can yeah. you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, uh,
2: I think that is something that you don't see in anywhere, and it's something that's really like it shows an aggressive growth by them. Um, so essentially, they've HOK has. Created a state like a like eight thousand seat stadium template that they can give to franchises who are looking to build new stadium, and it also created they work together to create like a minimum guidelines. So by twenty seventeen, all franchises need to be playing in stadiums that are at least five thousand seats, and the goal is to have um, every franchise that enters the league or is playing in USL by 2020 to be in a soccer-specific stadium. And that's really ambitious given the number of teams they have already. They have 20-plus teams already, and they're still looking to expand. Um, You know, it'll be interesting to see what teams stay. Um, They recently had some teams drop down to the NPSL before this year, Um, but they've also expanded crazy, and they've had this MLS reserve – sides in, which have to follow the guidelines. So NYRV 2 is going to have to be in a stadium that's soccer specific and at least 5,000 seats. Um, I'm not sure if Red Bull Arena will count for them. Um, That wasn't discussed. And I mean, other MLS franchises with USL teams are already looking to build their own stadiums. Like Real Salt Lake is looking to build the Real Monarchs, like an 8,000-seat stadium near um, Salt Lake City in that area. So this is, it's clearly happening, and everyone's on board. So it'll be interesting to see. Because um, currently, they're trying to take over the second division sanctioning from the U.S. Soccer Federation over the NASL. Um, and USL doesn't have, like, the seating requirements and other things, like a TV deal where the NASL doesn't have West Coast franchises. So it'll be interesting to see which of the two leagues actually meets the full
1: criteria first. So one player on the Rebels 2 is Dan Metzger, who's currently playing with the USU 23s. Do you think the USL, I mean, prior to the season, he was not affiliated with the team, he was cut by DC. Do you think this USL affiliation is responsible for him getting called up to such a...
2: Uh, prestigious team, a prestigious squad. I think he's been on the U 23 radar for a little while, um, but I think USL, I don't know, saved his American soccer career almost. Um, I think it kept him in the squad. Um, I don't think it's responsible for getting him there. It's responsible for keeping him in this latest round, because you're right, he was unattached when he was called up in January for their camp in Bosnia. So, you know, in the past, He goes on trial with D.C., he gets cut. He either has to find, like, an NASL or a USL club when there was only, like, 10 to 12 franchises in each league to sign him, and if it doesn't happen, he can maybe try and go on trial all over MLS to sign with a reserve squad and play in uncompetitive reserve matches that are sporadic and very team-to-team or he can go over and try and catch on in, like, the third or fourth division in Germany to get noticed, which a lot of American prospects did. So I think having that option to go the USL route is important for players like him because he's got skills that the U23 team clearly need, so they keep calling him up. But having that option to stay on an MLS team's radar at the age of 22 is invaluable for him.
0: All right, so uh, last question, because uh, we're kind of running out of time here. Um, you know, we, we talked about the movement of players, you know, and hopefully see some of these uh, academy kids starting to get signed. How much can people expect, at least, like, the next, like, two years? Because I imagine it's going to take more than the first three years for this to really happen. But at what point do you think that we transition from a squad that's led by MLS uh, Loney's, to a squad that's led by Academy products and USL-specific contracts?
2: Um, well, there are a limit on the amount of Academy players that can play for the second team. Um, there can only be five Academy loanees um, that make the team at any given time. So I think, you know, there are plenty of links. Like, we still have the U23 team over the summer to maintain college eligibility. So, you know, I, I think this team was put together very hastily this year. They joined the league late, um, so they're heavily relying on MLS reserves. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, you kinda, it it kind of depends what the organizational philosophy is. If they're using the team to sign fringe talent that they think could make the MLS squad, then you may see more of those guys signed. But right now they have a full roster. Um, they don't have any open spots. So the biggest thing for them is they get to loan down a lot of MLS players, you know, anywhere between five and 10, because these are the guys that would be fighting for spots being signed as USL players if they weren't draft picks or things like that, that they signed. So I I think it's going to vary year to year. Um, The Red Bulls historically keep a very full roster. Um, They don't have a lot of open spots um, because they can afford to do so. So, I mean, we'll see. I would like to see the academy players play more. Um, But at the same time, like, you know, it's nice getting Sean Davis a lot of time so he can step in, or Leo Stolls a lot of time so he can step in eventually when someone goes down with an inevitable injury or the gold cup happens. So, I don't know. I think... It's way too early to tell anything, and the next few years, we'll see what the organizational philosophy is. I know that's not really an answer, but... (laughs) (laughs) That's better than what I could have given, so...
0: Um, (laughs) All right, before we let you go, Aaron, uh, where can people uh, find you online?
2: Um, They can find me online at aroundtherings.com or onceametro.com or on Twitter, way too much, at, at kbauer underscore ATR. That's where I am online.
0: All right, there you go. Uh, We're going to take a quick break and we'll have more Red Bull Rant for you right after this. Welcome back to Rebel Rant. Once again, I want to thank Aaron for coming on and talking uh, FIFA arrests and uh, New York Red Bulls, too. Um, we're going to do a little bit more FIFA talk because we're going to kind of give our reactions since we can do that during the yep. uh, interview. So, Pat, you can go first with, with your reactions to the whole thing.
1: I mean, you know what? It, it is a great day for FIFA. i got to admit I share some skepticism. I am optimistic and skepti- skeptical at the same time. uh, Where this is going to go You know Obviously the optimism hinges on The people indicted Turning on those higher up Uh, You know without that You're really not going to get anything Um, You know And and the the flip side of that Is that the outside aspect of We need the sponsors To also flip on FIFA Uh, Without that uh, You know without People getting thrown in jail without the sponsors taking their money outside of FIFA. Unfortunately, change is still not going to happen. I mean, and you got to wonder what can the fan do. And I guess you have to say is that you go to the sponsors and say, hey, look, I'm not going to buy your product if you support FIFA at this point. And uh, Visa, I don't know how you do that since everybody has a Visa check card. But uh, Coca-Cola... Uh, McDonald's, Budweiser—I mean, you know, Budweiser's piss anyway, so that shouldn't be hard. But uh, you know, all, all those other things—I mean, I think the best thing you can do is just mess with these companies and say you're not going to do it. Um, the, but all that being said, I think I am hopeful. Uh, I, I'm not as hopeful as Aaron Bauer in that I think uh, you know Al Hussein will win tomorrow. Uh, that would be a tremendous thing. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I. I just don't see it happening. But, I, yeah, I mean, today could be, or, uh, you know, yesterday, rather, could be the mental uh, moment in soccer history that completely reforms FIFA. I mean, you, you hear rumors that uh, the Garcia report might be subpoenaed and therefore will have to be, you know, finally released, uh, where we can finally see the awful things that have happened in FIFA the Swiss government is finally investigating the 2018 and uh, 2022 World Cup. Uh, frankly, I don't think Russia will lose their World Cup, but uh, 2022, I think, is uh, definitely a bit more shady. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hope we're going to see it changing the guard. I don't think corruption will ever be rooted out, but if we could at least you know, calm it down a little bit, yeah, that would be nice. Um but in the end, I think all you need to know about how bad Seth Blatter looks, uh, if Vladimir Putin is going to support you, then come on. What other support do you really need? So, yeah, all right. <laughs> so
0: uh, I I kind of wish everything was starting, to, like the trial start today. I know it's not going to happen because the rest just happened. But mm-hmm. I, I almost wish that things were going on now because I want to see how this all plays out. Um. One of the things I do find interesting, though, and Aaron kind of, he mentioned one of the uh, market agencies, but uh, didn't mention that the, the tie it has to U.S. soccer. Um, Traffic, which was Traffic USA, Traffic Brazil, I was mentioned. They're the ones who have historically bought out the rights to the United States men's teams, uh, FIFA matches and world qualifiers outside of the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember the last run, there was a big complaint, a uh, big to-do because uh, I think it was BN Sport had the away matches and not everybody has BN Sport and like, well, why am I, you know, how am I going to get this game and how am I going to watch it? That well, was because I, traffic bought the games.
1: Well, I think the big one was a couple of years ago when uh, no, even BN didn't even buy the one match and you could only get it online. It was awful.
0: It was it was like a very early stage qualifier and like yeah. BN I think that was before bean signed a contract, and that's why it was... Yeah. You know what it was? I'm sorry, bean provided the commentary for that match, and Traffic was the one that produ- like, sent it out on the internet or something like that. But anyway, but the bigger thing with Traffic is this ties to the North American Soccer League. Yeah. Hey. Um, Traffic owns, I think it's all of... Uh, I can't I have to look up the name of the team. Cause I don't remember off the top of my head the name of the team. It's um the Carolina Railhawks, I think. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then they own stakes in like Atlanta, uh, Miami, and a few other teams.
1: I think I think they, I think at this point it's just Carolina. I think they sold most of the other stakes off.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. I anyway. heard I heard a report or not reports. I've heard musings that it was that they owned parts of other teams. But the um, NASL CEO, who was just named by the way by name in the arrests, uh, yep. used to work for traffic. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, NASL might be having a problem. Uh, Aaron was talking about with the stadium requirements for the USL, then the USL is going for their D2, which NASL just lost. Um, it's going to be kind of interesting how the, that plays out in the U.S. soccer because, you know, obviously the Cosmos play in uh, NASL, but NASL has kind of been seen as the, the better league. But now it's starting to look like USL is going to be better with the addition of all these reserve teams and not – NSL not going west, and the USL pushing for five to eight thousand seat stadiums and all this other stuff, and I, it's just going to be interesting to see how it plays out with traffic owning kind of a big share in um, NSL. And actually, um, I'm trying to find it on Empire Soccer. Um, Dave Martinez actually talked to um, the CEO, and I, I can't remember his name. He talked to the CEO before,
1: I, earlier this week, I think. And I, I think Aaron Aaron Davison.
0: Uh, yeah, I think that's his name. And in that in that um, in that article, there was an interesting line about the league just secured. I think it was like six million dollars in funding uh, for the league, because part of the D two certification requires having a certain amount of money back in the team uh, to to guard against losses. And traffic put in a big portion of that line of credit. Hmm. Wow! So now it's like not only are, do they own stakes in team, but they are backing a line of credit for the league. So I all that is just going to be kind of interesting how it plays out with all this.
1: Yeah. You know, just one side note about this particular aspect, the whole fees of is that yesterday I was having a conversation on Twitter with a uh, former guest of ours, uh, Pedro Gomes, and I just joked that, you know, Don Gobber uh, initiated this uh, whole investigation just to stink an ASL and their desires pro rail. Let's fast forward to today. <laughs> as I was joking to uh, Pedro Gomes, someone that uh, you know most people know simply as Tinfoil posted, "Is it possible that the FBI, FIFA sting that MLS and USSF engineered was designed to torpedo NASL and only grace Sep?" Holy shit! I mean, are you fucking kidding me? Something I posted as a joke. I, I'm not saying he read what I said and took it for for real. But good lord, how crazy do you have to be? Are you serious that this is really what you think? Oh, my God. But I, I just found that particular aspect, considering the NASL comparison, or, uh you know, uh, uh NASL, um, ah, NASL's portion of this whole thing, I just found that hysterical, that I made a joke, an innocuous joke, and then someone is actually saying it as legit. Um, it boggles my mind. I mean, this is obviously that's obviously not quite related to the whole FIFA problem. It's related to another problem, but uh, it's just absolutely ridiculous.
0: Well, it's more ridiculous to suggest that Gladi and Garber played some role in this investigation when, one, Aaron said that this has been going on since, like, 1991. Yeah. And yeah. What, and what is there to gain? It's not like Galati's up for FIFA president. He's not up for CONCACAF president. Garber's not up for anything. In fact, I think there's rumors of Garber being tapped to go lead another league. So, I mean, it's like, what are they going to do? And Are, are you going to tell me there's really a conspiracy that they wanted NASL gone? Like, that's a, that's a long way to go just to get rid of NASL. When all when all USS have to do is say you're not doing what we need to do, you lose your sanctuary. Like, it's it, like as, as, there's so much if they really want to get rid of it. There's so much easier ways of going about it.
1: It's like yeah, let's get rid of a league that's not nationally televised. Yeah, they're a big threat? Uh.
0: <laughs> uh, oh well. Yeah. All right, let's move on to uh what's actually gonna happen to the Red Bulls uh, on Sunday. When they travel out to play the Seattle Sounders on Sunday, May 31st at uh, 5 p.m. start time on Fox Sports 1, uh, only mean of the year because of the whole East-West one-match thing. So uh, this is your only chance to see the Red Bulls take on Dempsey and Ofembe Martins. Um, they did have a midweek match. Um, I had it open. Let me see if I can find it.
1: Play Colorado.
0: Yeah, I don't remember what the score was. That's what I was trying to get at. Uh, one nothing. Okay, there you go. Um, but so they're traveling out, and then they actually have to come back. By the way, uh, and play on a short week against Houston. I think it is the Red Bulls have to play on a short week against Houston on Friday night. So, Lumber. yeah, fun. And then and then we finally get our break. By the way,
1: ooh, Which now we, when we actually want one.
0: Yeah. All right. So predictions, Pat. What do you think is going to happen on Sunday?
1: Uh look. Uh, y- Look, you can only hope that the short week will for or the uh, crowded schedule for Seattle will help the Red Bulls. Uh, unfortunately, Seattle is a strong team. Uh, Red Bulls will be going into a very hostile environment. Um, unlike many people, what I've read about the Red Bulls, I do have confidence in this team. I do think they will show well. Uh, but, you know, Seattle just has a very strong partnership between Clint and and Obafemi Martins. And, uh, you know, Marco Papa was actually the one who scored that goal against Colorado, and it was a hell of a hell of a goal. So, they're a very talented squad. I think maybe if the game was home, at Rebel Arena, you, we'd see a Rebel win. Um, but, unfortunately, in Seattle, I don't think we're going to see the Rebels win. Uh, some of you out there will still grab your pitchforks and uh, try and uh, you know, burn down Ali Curtis's house. But, in the end, I don't think it's going to be something in the end to worry about. This is one of those games on the schedule where you can mark as a loss and not worry about, and uh, that is what I'm predicting, a loss. I'm going to say a 2-1 loss, uh, Seattle winning that one.
0: Uh, I'm going to go sort of the same route. Um, I- I'm going to say 2-0, though. Not-, not because I don't think the Red Bulls will show well. I just think that Seattle's that much better. Uh, I- I'm going to s- sort of go in the same vein. Um, I think the Red Bulls will show well on the road. However, I just think they're going to be kind of overpowered. Seattle's just... You know, it's just that good of a team. I mean, they were they, they were a few goals away from uh winning or, or getting to the MLS Cup Final. If it wasn't for a little Donovan Magic, I guess. Um, But I, I think it's going to be 2 nothing, And I'm not saying the team is – the Red Bulls aren't going to show well. I just – it's purely because Seattle is much better than
1: the Red Bulls are right now. Jay, you arrogant slut. They're not that much better. They're just in a better house. That's all.
0: Better house? You, you, yeah. Wait. Century Link Field is better than Red Bull Arena? Really?
1: You're twisting my words, dammit.
0: You're the one that said better house.
1: <laughs>
0: you you're okay with turf?
1: Uh, well, I mean, that part's obviously horrible. But, you know, it's just clearly a simple of matter of numbers that they can get 40,000 in there and we're limited to 25. That's all. That's all I'm trying to say.
0: <laughs> well, our 25 would sound better because of the roof. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> all right. But, yeah, it's I just. It's going to be an uphill climb for the Red Bulls. And I, I, if they come away with a goal, um, I'll be extremely happy. Um, I'll also be sad they lost, but I'll be happy they will score. I, I just don't think they're going to win this game, that's all.
1: No, I think we're definitely in agreement there. I mean, it's going to be... It, that being said, hey, look, how many times over the last couple of years have the Red Bulls won nonsensical victories on the road? So there's always reason to hope.
0: That's true. I mean, I think the last time we were in Seattle, they won when Cahill was off sides of the goal, so <laughs> there's that. Um, all right, but let's move on. Um, real quick, just to mention it, we're not going to discuss in depth because I know Pat hates the subject. Uh, U.S. Open Cup, uh, the Red Bulls found out who they'll be playing in round four. They'll be taking on the Atlanta Silverbacks of the NASL after they won their matchup 5-0 over Chattanooga FC. That match will be on June 16th at 7.30 p.m. at Red Bull Arena.
1: And guess what? 2,000 fans will show up because it's important. Good (laughs) Lord.
0: That's why I said we're going to touch on it, but
1: anyway. Yeah, the um, U.S. US US Open Cup is like when, like, someone yells about me about saving the whales. It's like, yeah, it's a nice thought, but I don't care. You know, it it just, look, yeah, we are touching upon it, okay? You know, if the Red Bulls risk their high players on this thing, it is nonsense. The great thing about this game is that Red Bull 2 gets another shot. That's the way I look at it.
0: Well, right? Red, in fairness, Red Bull 2 never really had a shot because they didn't have the MLS players in, the, in their game.
1: Yeah, exactly. So there you go. So they're going to get their players in this one, and now we get a shot. So, I mean, come on. right? It's Look, I will say it, and I'll say it again. Until you get TV, until you get money behind this thing, you can't risk your big players. And uh, a couple hundred people on Twitter yelling and screaming it matters doesn't make it matter I'm sorry
0: well you know you know what's you know what's the best part about this what's that and you can blame u s soccer for this. that game is on the same day as u s women are playing in the world Cup
1: I'd rather watch the u s women wearing in the world Cup well, that that game,
0: sure. the the women's game is at eight o'clock that night so
1: yeah yeah I can well uh I'll have the u s open Cup on my browser because that's the only way you can watch it because it's not televised. And then I'll watch the uh, U.S. women's game on TV and give it um, actual ratings.
0: So speaking of the women, um, it was announced. It was announced today that uh, in FIFA 16, the video game, that uh, women's teams are going to be added to the game. Uh, it's I think it's just going to be national teams that are going to be added. So mm-hmm. um, let's see. According to FIFA. It will be um Australia, Brazil, Canada, China, England, France, Germany, Italy, Mexico, Spain, Sweden, and the U.S. Um, they represent uh their federations in several game modes, including kickoff, offline tournament, as well as online friendly matches. So if you wanted to play as one of the women's teams, now you can, just not the NWSL. Um, but you, Pat, wanted to discuss something in particular about this.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. It's great. Uh, you know, it, it's – I mean, I think especially in this country, we have uh, such reverence for our women's national team. Uh, you know, Sidney LaRue, everyone back, uh, uh, you know, Alex Morgan. I don't know so much about Hope Solo anymore. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's – we do. We absolutely have such reverence as how successful they've been. It's going to be great to finally play them in the game uh, in a photorealistic environment. That being said, earlier today I see on my Twitter feed all this nonsense that like, ah, oh, I can't believe people are complaining about the women's national teams being included in FIFA. Oh, God, it just shows what a gives us such a view of our society. Okay, here's the thing. That's actually all I saw on my Twitter feed was people complaining about people complaining about women being on a national team. I never actually saw a single tweet complaining about people, women being in the FIFA game. All right? So here is what I'm trying to say. Can we stop overreacting to the fringe idiots on the Internet? Seriously, can we, can we please stop doing that? So some 16-year-old punk from Podunk, North Dakota, doesn't want to play women's soccer on a video game. Who gives a shit? I mean, seriously, who gives a shit what some 16-year-old punk thinks? All right? Can we stop overacting? I mean, everybody says yes. Yes, it's endemic. That's what the Internet is saying. You know, no. As soon as it was announced that women would be in this game, some opportunistic asshole was looking for the first idiots to open their mouth and post something on Twitter. And as soon as they found it, they posted it and said, Yes, see, look. Look, there are idiots out there. Guess what? There will always be idiots out there. Ignore them. Have you ever heard that? If you ignore the problem, it will go away. This is when it matters most. So please, people, can we stop overreacting. Seriously, it's great that the women in the game, the idiots that don't care, they can just not buy the game, okay? They can just not buy the game. We can all go living on our lives happily. So let's stop overreacting. That's my big rant on this game.
0: Or they could just not play those teams. Yeah. There's a bunch of teams just that do. they don't play anyway.
1: Exactly. Here's the thing. I love the fact that women's team is going to be like, guess what? I'm still going to put the Red Bulls in the league, too, and work their way up to the Premier League. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I do every year when I get to the defense. <laughs> All right? So, exactly.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's God knows how many leagues. Like, How many people are playing? I, I, I don't know if Japan is there, but like, let's say Japan is there. How many people are actually playing Japan's league?
1: I mean, yeah. people in Japan. I mean, seriously, when it comes to FIFA, what's the point of playing the game? Unless you can play in the Champions League, if you can like do ProRel, all that stuff, that's what makes the game enjoyable, at least in my opinion. Although people say Ultimate Team is also pretty awesome, but I don't exactly know what that curtails and how that works. Uh, it's
0: sort of like they're and – and I know I'm, I'm not 100% right here, but it's sort of like a, a football manager – hybrid because it's you buy the cards so you kinda quote buy contracts and all that crap and uh,
1: that sounds complicated. It's, it's for me
0: it's for me it's for me it's too much. It's I just want to play. I just want to play the game. That's all I want to do. Alright anyway. Um last thing we have um in our countdown of top ten moments in Rebel Rant history, we have uh, this one featuring uh our first ever guest, Kevin Doughton, It was episode eleven. I don't remember the date, but it was back in our first year, uh, 2012. Hey, everybody! Whoops, that's that was the wrong. <laughs> I stopped that right away. That was the... <laughs> that was the wrong one. Man, my, my mouse was
1: Doughton, like. <laughs> Kevin Doughton got raunchy that night.
0: <laughs> my mouse was just slightly too high compared to where the button actually was. All right, here's here's the actual clip. Did they have to trick you into running for the Red Bulls, or you're like, no, you actually like the team?
2: <laughs> I I like the team because if anyone knows me, I like teams that are are a big shit show, and especially if they're from New York, they don't win anything.
0: Um, oh
1: yeah,
2: excellent. I'm also a Jets fan. So.
0: Oh, there you go. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Just yeah. Be,
2: okay. <laughs>
0: All right, Kevin. You and I are kindred spirits. We're Rangers, Jets, and Red Bulls fans, and I don't yeah. know how I don't know how we put up with the Jets and Red Bulls, honestly.
2: That's where my Manchester United support
1: makes me survive (laughs) at least they win things
0: (laughs) Well you never know the Chicago Cubs might be contacting you Because they're like hey we got this guy who hates shitty teams Loves shitty teams so uh, we need a blogger over here So uh, at the time Kevin was writing for GameForSoccer.com That's why the question came up Um, the, The kind of subtest of that night was that It was after a Rangers playoff game I believe it was a loss too but uh, Kevin had been drinking that night, and yeah, a, little bit. a little bit. Uh He 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 admitted to be, to being a little bit uh maybe like a half sheet to the wind. I,
1: I, 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 I if I if I recall correctly, I think all of us have been drinking except Sherman uh, that night. So, yeah, uh, but, probably. But I but I not
0: think it was that bad the night because I had to edit, but I, yeah, I'd been drinking a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, because you and I were also both watching the Ranger game, but you know, uh, I don't think we were quite there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um. All right. Any last things before we wrap this one up?
1: Uh, Red Bulls, come on. Uh, let's restore the faith. Uh, get a win.
0: All right. Uh, if you want to follow us, go to Red Bull. Uh, I'm sorry, once a metro. Dot com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. Uh, Patreon. Dot com slash red bull rant to support the show. Email us at red bull rant at gmail. Dot com. You can call us at nine seven three three four eight five three two nine. Facebook. Dot com slash red bull rant at Red Bull Rant for the show on Twitter, at once underscore A underscore Metro, at DrSooch for myself, at PMACD, two for Pat, at the Truman for Truman. Subscribe to us via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at soundcloud.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. And uh, the old feeds will be going down, I think I said will be after next week. So uh, June 4th will be the last episode available um, on the old feeds. After that, you have to subscribe to new ones and those are on uh, iTunes and Stitcher. Just search for Red Bull Rant. Nothing else in the title, just Red Bull Rant. Uh, last words, Pat, before we get out of here.
1: Uh, Seth bladder. hope you burn tomorrow.
0: <laughs> I'm hoping to see the white smoke.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the white smoke will be nice. <laughs> I, can't,
0: I can't even claim my originality on that one. One of the other Watch Retro guys made the joke first.
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good yeah. one.
0: All right, uh, for Pat and myself, this was episode number 144 of the Red Bull Rant. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, no Red Bulls.
1: No, I'd never get the 2026 World Cup. Thanks a lot, of Obama.